The amazing thing about our bodies is that it's a tremendous gauge of pain and tolerance. How much we can endure and how much we need assistance in managing. However, of course there is a general rule of thumb. The more active you are, the healthier the lifestyle you lead. I wanted to also bring some context to this discussion thanks to some statistics from Statistics Canada. The publication reports that 59.7% of Canadians rate their health as generally very good or excellent in 2021. Meanwhile, self-rated general health has remained relatively stable from 2015 to 2021. The portion of the population reporting good or excellent mental health throughout this time span has decreased from 72.4 percent in 2015 to 59 percent as of 2021. Gregory Stern is the owner of From the Ground Up Physical Therapy. He's a believer that pain can act as your teacher. He helps people get to the root causes of their pain by encouraging them to move their entire body in new ways to wake up dormant muscles and movement patterns. Rather than strictly focusing on the source of pain at the time, which in turn causes the body to work as a whole and finally relieves the sight of the pain, allowing individuals to live fully active, meaningful, and dignified life free of pain. And Stern joined me this week to tell me more. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Welcome you to the program, my friend, and I'm super excited to learn how to help people alleviate their pain and keep it moving, my friend. Great to see you, and thanks for a few minutes this morning, buddy. My pleasure. Absolutely. Now, Greg, I know that your uh, intense passion in life is to help people move and to Get rid of their pain by encouraging them to move their entire body, my friend. So I'm wondering if we can start our conversation by you telling me what makes you so fabulous and why uh, your work is your passion, my friend. You say what makes me so fabulous? Is that what you said? That's exactly what I said. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. Well, the way that I work is I, I look at, 
I really help people get to the root cause of their problem by teaching them how to move better rather than just using temporary Band-Aid solutions that keep the, ba- the pain at bay just for a short little while. So when people often think about physiotherapy, they think about this idea that I'm going to go and lay on a table like a limp fish and I'm going to get massaged or manipulated and that the therapist is there to fix me. And I think what makes me fabulous is that in- instead of telling and being truthful about this idea that my clients come to see me, I'm not there to be their fixer. I'm there to be their guide. And I'm there to help them get to the root cause of their problem by evaluating their movement limitations and reintroducing movement back into their body. So too often when we think about this idea of being the fixer, what happens is, you know, the moment that they stand up from the table, they go back to the same movement patterns they got them back into the trouble in the first place. And, you know, the pain keeps coming back, whereas I'm all about movement re-education and I, I really get people with years and years that are chronic issues back to doing the things they love by, um, you know, reintroducing and empowering my clients to take responsibility of their health again. From the ground up's chief mission is to help guide people through their own path of self-discovery on their health journey to guide people to be pain-free and thrive in every aspect of their everyday life. And Stern took some time to go into greater detail on the mission, its vision, and why it's in place. Yeah, so uh, From the Ground Up Physiotherapy is a clinic in Montreal, but I'm also working with clients all over the world through Zoom and through online programs. And as I mentioned, like I'm really about um, connecting people back to their bodies, about teaching them movements, about um, getting people mo- mimicking the demands of their life with the exercises that I provide. Like oftentimes when people go for physical therapy, they're often receiving these isolated bandage stretches or exercises that don't really mimic what their body is supposed to do in real life. And what I'm all about is teaching people to squat, to bend, to move in three dimensions and get people back to doing the things they love. And then eventually progressing them to a point where they're actually stronger before they came in. Now I have a quote behind me. It's called an, by Conor McGregor actually. And it says, an injury is not just a process of recovery. It's a process of discovery. And my aim with people when they come to see me is that I'm reconnecting them back to their inner child nature of movement again. And so that's where, um, you know, my practice is fun and unique. And I'm working with eight-year-olds up to 85-year-olds and everyone in between. And it more or less looks like personal training sessions done in a very attention-specific way to details to make sure the whole body is working in unison rather than their painful area taking on too much load. So that's what my practice is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Gray, let's dive into the concept of self-discovery and really giving you the opportunity to tell, tell, tell me how you've used that term on a broader scale, my friend. What does that mean to you? Well, I think, you know, pain is a very powerful motivator and it's a very strong teacher. So when people are in pain, they usually have a couple options. When most people are in pain, like, let's say I I reach up overhead and, uh, oh, my shoulder hurts me. And so I I can ignore it or, you know, let's say I just like, I'm going to wait for it to go away. And the thing is, when 
we live in a modern world where pain is often offered any sort of quick fix solution, like take a painkiller. You know, we have all these magic pills and potions to get rid of pain. But I invite people to consider that pain could actually be your teacher. Instead of thinking about killing pain, we need to listen to pain. And I think that the journey of self-discovery, of of going more inside yourself, of understanding why the pain is there. Maybe there's a lot of stress in your life. Maybe you've you just been moving poorly and, and you've just been ignoring it. And it's because you've been exuding, like exhibiting a very static life. And so when we can open up the lens and understand that pain is there for a reason, it's not meant to be killed, but rather meant to be listened to and guided by someone who could help you interpret that pain, then it really takes you on a new journey where you are responsible for taking care of your body. And that self-discovery could, again, make you a better human as you go through the process of getting out of the pain. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Greg, one of the reasons I was so excited to talk to you about it is because I uh, was born with cerebral palsy. And as you know, if I don't move my muscles, they contract faster than most people. So tell me about the importance of movement, my friend, and why we should all value movement as one of the pillars of our physical and mental life as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just think of the, you know, a, a, a pond versus a river. Ponds are stagnating. They kind of smell sometimes. And, you know, like people are not attracted towards necessarily like gross ponds, but a river that has constant flow is something where life is, you know, there's abundance of life near rivers. And I think our bodies are the exact same way. You know, we live in a, a like a modern lifestyle where we can literally sit at home all day long and, you know, click on Uber Eats and click here and click there. And all of a sudden there's food in front of us. We could have, you know, all of our needs met, but, Unfortunately, one of the biggest needs that are that's being that's not being met is the the pumping of our muscles, the pumping of fluid, and that river-like idea that we should be outdoors, moving and in line with nature. You know, my fortunately, my job is very active. I'm always demonstrating exercises, but to me, there's nothing like being on vacation. Where the moment I wake up, and I was in Europe this summer, and the moment I wake up, I'm outside and I'm moving slowly throughout the day, and that's really the key. Is that we have consistent, slow-moving movement throughout the day as opposed to this culture that's like, all right, I'm going to sit 15 hours a day and then I'm going to bang out a big workout. And yeah, that's great that we're into this culture of you know getting in your fitness. But more important than just generalized fitness is just like walking, moving, bending, sitting on the floor, using your body in all its possible ways throughout the entire day rather than just this like one workout period that we tend to you know focus on and put most of our attention towards yeah absolutely and greg as i shared with you one of the tenets that i live my life by is always active my friend i challenge myself to be at least 10 minutes active physically each and every day and I, i'm curious from your perspective the value of being active and being consistent with your active movement how important do you think consistency in terms of active movement and therapy is my friend a hundred percent it's like it's it's better to be you know show up every single day for those 10 minutes than try to do it like once a week and then you know let fall off the wagon so definitely consistency is key and you know one of the things that 
we often don't attribute, you know, we all understand the compound, the, the concept of compound interest, right? This idea that, you know, money grows with time. And a very easy way of understanding that, you know, good movement or consistent movement adds up. I heard this analogy once, like imagine I give someone five minutes every single day to smoke as many cigarettes as possible and down as much Coca-Cola as possible. Maybe just, but you only have five minutes to do all these horrible behaviors, right? Just like go for it. But then maybe after one day, you'll feel like a little crappy, but then you do that day after day after day, like seven days later, after smoking those five minutes of cigarettes and, you know, Coca-Cola, whatever it is, your body's not going to feel good. Now on the flip side, five to 10 minutes every day of good movements. Let's say you're, you're, you have a little, you know, stretching movement routine that takes your muscles through their full range of motion. You know, maybe after one day, you don't feel a big difference, but if you show up day after day, that compounds, it adds up. So bad behavior compounds, good behavior compounds. And so consistency is, is certainly, uh, you know, what, what helps our bodies move forward with momentum in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Greg, one of the, other, the greatest things in life for me is exercise. I find it to be exhilarating, my friend. So tell me, why do you think consistent exercise can be exhilarating, my friend? Well, I think it comes down to the exact same thing. It's just like, you know, doing things that you love, like not everyone needs to connect to like necessary physical exercise in the same sense of the word, right? That that word means different things to different people. Like going to the gym might be what a lot of people resonate with, or for some, it's just going for a run or gardening or whatever it might be. So it's really the key thing is like connecting back to this, this con, this, this real deep knowing from you know millions of years of evolution that we we we're we're active movement beings and you know endorphins are released when we go about doing exercise and that's like a self-fulfilling thing because our body knows it's good for us and it releases you know compounds that make our you know our bodies feel good our brains feel good and so um it's just a matter of helping people like find the right things that work for them and then for sure it's just going to keep uh being like something that uh makes you keep showing up day after day yeah, absolutely. And Greg, as you know, as we trend towards the end of the calendar year, my friend, one of the most co common New, Re New Year's resolutions is uh, losing weight and getting exercise, my friend. But as you know, uh, people's attention spans and commitment levels are, are sort of short. So for anyone watching or listening to this podcast that really wants to take control of their physical health, what are some easy steps that people can take if they really want to take ownership of their physical health and movement, my friend? What, what are your thoughts then? For sure. Um, I think one of the key things is to recognize that overhauling changes like New Year's resolutions rely on this concept of willpower. And willpower alone doesn't get people showing up. And so people have to become very clear on their why, you know, why do they want to make these changes? Because if it's because their wife or their husband wants them to make these changes, usually they don't stick. So it usually comes down instead of trying to overly drastically change your life, like all of a sudden a dime, it's again, comes down to this idea of small, simple steps, right? Be, you know, there's a lot of new habit books that are out there, atomic habits, tiny habits. And it comes back to this concept that 
things compound. So don't try too much all at once because usually what happens is you're great for two weeks and then you just revert back. But if you start small and, you know, just show up every day and do something really, uh, you know, basic, that would be the key thing to making uh, changes. You know, my, what I'm doing with my clients when I'm asking them to make behavior changes, because that when they come to see me, I make sure I give them, you know, two, three things that they could do consistently rather than doing too much. So that certainly would be the number one thing I'd say to start with is that you can't, um, psych, the psychology of behavior change is almost more important than what you actually do. So getting yourself to understand like why you want to make the changes is, is, is very, very important. And then starting small. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Greg, I know you have a, 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 some thoughts on the whole victim mentality when it comes to physical fitness and physiotherapy, my friend. And, uh, I, you know, I'm a big believer is that we make uh, time for the things in life that we prioritize. So tell, tell me about the importance of, of making your visiting or physical health a priority and how do you help people get over the victim mentality as well? Yeah, well, you know, one of the things that when, when people come into my clinic and they, you know, they, I say, you know, how, how's your body feeling? Like, how, how, how are things been since last week? And if someone comes in having not done their exercise, they almost sometimes will feel a sense of shame in telling me or, or maybe they'll just outrightly tell me. And it, it is what it is. And I, I, I say, like, look. My, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. And one of the things that's that's key to understand is that, like, as we're mentioning, behavior change is tough. And so, when if someone's taking, I, I just don't have enough time. It's like, look, everyone has 24 hours in a day, and we need to prioritize, as you mentioned, what 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 like what it's what's important to them. But it's almost guiding them through a step by step process by like getting a bit more concrete with their schedule, like you know, tell me where you could fit this three minute routine into your day to day life, like actually holding them by the hand and helping them see where the, like where they can actually put in, is it something you could do for three minutes before you, you know, you eat lunch or before you brush your teeth in the morning or nighttime. So, so it's just about approaching it in non judgmental way. And, and recognizing that, like, we're here to do this together. And like, of course, you know, you, you're in pain and this is why you're in pain is because of the, you know, your, the movements you've been exhibiting and we want to obviously change that. But if, if I approach in a very open way with that individual, then usually we have a, we, we can eradicate those like victim beliefs about like, oh, I just, I'm not good enough or I don't have the time. And you just, you know, you make this steps very small and slow and, and usually that momentum starts to build and then that's when they start to develop more consistency and start to take ownership of their of their lives and their bodies. Yeah, absolutely. And Greg, from a personal and professional standpoint, I'm curious how you view the concept of accountability and commit, commitment building, building on what we just talked about. How do you view those two concepts and words from a personal and professional uh, standpoint. Yeah. Uh, so, you, so, what were the two words you said? Accountability and uh, commitment. Yeah. Commitment. Yeah. Well, I mean, th yeah, that showing up for for yourself is important. Like, you know, for for me, I know I need to like get in my my training or my workout or my movement every day, and it, it again comes down to making sure that I'm doing things that I enjoy doing. Um, the accountability piece. Um, 
you know, it's just so baked into my psychology at this point that like, I don't necessarily need a partner to be accountable to, but oftentimes having a community around you is what makes people accountable to show up to a workout, to, to do your movements, um, to, to make any sort of behavior change. Um, for me, I've just, you know, I've been very disciplined my whole life, probably, you know, it could come from a place of, at a deeper level of, you know, thinking at a certain point that like my value comes from all my actions and I'm learning to dissociate that. Um, but it, I connect to just, you know, being committed to my work because it brings me a, a, a big reward every day to, to, to have people that have been around the houses trying all sorts of different, you know, solutions. And when they come to see me, you know, they're better within, you know, with, within weeks, months of having years and years of chronic pain. So um, the commitment comes from just, you know, serving other people. Yeah, absolutely. And Ray, let's talk about tracking progress from a physical or a physiotherapy uh, perspective. How, how can people really know that they're making a progress as they go on a, a physical or a physiotherapy journey what's the key to tracking progress in your well, the, the key thing is like it all depends on what your goals are so like you know usually when people are coming to see me it's often because they're in pain and so i have different measures that i use simple tests like where they touch their toes they bend side to side they rotate they extend backwards and I'll, you know, I often do test retests where I'm doing certain exercises with them. And then after the fact, I'm checking how these things feel. So and I also do different things on the table where I'm, I'm checking their strength to see like, what are the changes that are happening pre and post a certain, you know, uh, exercise that, that we do to see what the changes are. But, you know, if you're not with me, um, it's it's just kind of like, all right, well, like, how is your body feeling after you're doing something? It's just checking in a bit, bit more. I mean, obviously, if you're in the, the realm of like weight loss or fat loss, I don't think the scale is the best measure, to be honest. I think that a lot of people are, get obsessed with scales. And I think a better measurement is like waist circumference and hip, hip circumference, um, because the scales don't often tell us, well, maybe I'm putting on muscle, losing fats. And so um, it's all about being specific with what what actually things you're trying to change and then having a couple key measures to look at. Um, but when it comes to like with my clients, the interesting thing is that if I give the right intervention, there will be an immediate change from the nervous system. Meaning like if all of a sudden I used to test out their leg strength and they felt their back and now all of a sudden they feel their leg instead of their back. Well, I know I'm on the right track here. And now it's just a matter of feeding that movement into their body by them putting in more reps in practice. So that's kind of the, I guess, the, the long answer on tracking. Yeah, absolutely. And Greg, I'm fascinated to ask you from a personal perspective, what brings you the most joy in life? What brings me the most joy in life is moving outdoors with my bare feet on the grass staring at a lake or or a mountain or doing hikes outside you know for me I, i'm i'm into a practice called rope flow and if the audience wants to look it up rope flow is basically the idea of that instead of jump skip rope i take a rope and i use it to create these figure of eight patterns and it's something that it's a more recent practice but 
You could just think about the idea of a belly dancer or a dog that has a very sexy spine that moves well. The idea of a rope flow is that it, it's like you're, you're swinging a rope in an underhand and overhand patterns. And there's lots of cool patterns that you can learn over time, but it just helps me get into this very big flow state where I'm just moving in very rhythmical patterns. You know, I do that. I go slack lining. So I walk between trees on a, on a suspended line. So I'm into all these more interesting movement modalities that develop these interesting flow states where you're in these like very zoned in states where nothing else really matters and you're really in the moment in the present well uh, Greg, no one will ever accuse you of not having a sense of adventure okay and <laughs> uh, uh, like well, what's the best part about helping people and alleviating their pain what's what's the best part of your job my friend well i think it's the light bulb moments it's like it's someone like oh, wow like you know week after week they come is like i can't believe you know i could do what i could do and so there's there's certainly a reward in receiving the feedback and just seeing the you know someone smiling as they're moving again whereas before they came in tentative and guarded and now all of a sudden their body's more open they're more excited they want to share this with you know their family they want to go out and, and play again or do whatever it is they could do. They're back to playing with their kids, whatever it is. So, you know, I'm really about helping people connect back to their why and actually achieving that. I think that, you know, rehab is 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 really not meant to be this like never ending process, but rather something that like the rehab turns into performance over time. And once people start re looking at their weaknesses as potential and then they start tapping into that potential. That's when things get exciting for, for me and for my clients. Yeah, absolutely. And Greg, how do you think optimizing physical and, and mental health can be a positive contributor contributor to the rest or, or the rest of the aspect of our lives? So how does optimizing uh, physical health help to op optimize the other areas of our lives? Well, look, I mean, the, the, a very simple example would be like, think about COVID times where, where people were, were isolated in their apartments and not moving. People's bodies started to fall apart and everyone was living the Zoom life. But now, like, you know, imagine your whole day spent inside versus your day starting in a park and going for a 20, 30 minute walk. Like, you're going to just have a completely different outlook. Your energy changes. You'll, you'll, you'll you, you know smart thinkers back in the day you think about einstein like he had a problem he would go for a walk and so walking and movement promotes you know blood flow to the brain it's going to promote more creativity more connection more ideas and so it's just um we, we have very positive feedback loops that exist inside of our body that that enjoy the exercise and our bodies you know and, and our brains become lighter with with the movement that we perform yeah, absolutely. And Greg, if you had to write a mission statement uh, for your life, what do you think you would include in that mission statement and why? I would say there's there's no such thing as a mistake and that every everything that happens in life is an opportunity to learn from it. You know, there's lessons that can be gathered out of everything. Pain is a, is a teacher. And I, I learned this firsthand because one of the reasons I'm here where I am today is I dealt with years and years of chronic pain in my own feet. And at the time, I was 
very, very depressed because I couldn't do the things I love to do anymore. But, and I viewed it in a very horrible way. You know, fast forward 10 years later, after dealing with all those pains, I took a big dive into the self-discovery and understanding of the body. And I don't have any more pain. And I'm also the owner of a clinic that helps people now get out of pain. So it all depends on perspective. And, you know, in the t- in certain timeframes, if we look at points of our life, we can look at them as like bad, quote unquote. But is it bad or is it a stepping stone for something else if you can reframe? So I think it's really important that people um, can view their if they open up their eyes, to the possibilities of everything being a teaching lesson, then a lot of nice things can can change in their life. Yeah, and Greg, I'm asking this question for a, a selfish uh, reason then to motivate myself. And I, 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 I'm asking this uh, knowing that everybody's bodies are different and every, everyone's physical uh, circumstance is different. But for people like me with uh, disabilities from a physical perspective, what are some common exercises or movements or or patterns that we can develop that can help improve our physical health, in your opinion? Well, I'm not sure the full extent of your, your movement limitations. Are you able to walk? Uh, I'm not sure, because I, 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 I certainly could comment knowing a bit more. Are you walking, or is that something that's tough for you? Yeah, so, uh, Greg, I, uh, to give you some more context, uh, I was born with what's called uh, spastic quadriplegic cerebral palsy. Uh, it simply means that I, I don't have enough oxygen in my legs to walk normally. So I um, use a walker to get around. I uh, also use a wheelchair, but, uh, you yeah. know, um, a physical movement is important to me because, yeah. as I said, uh, my muscles contract faster. So uh, things I, I do to stay active are I walk with a walker, uh, uh, like, half an hour to 45 minutes. Uh, I lift weights and I go swimming and that, that's sort of how I keep myself. They're all fit, fantastic, yeah. Physically, I mean, physically accountable. So yeah, what are some uh, ways that I can elevate my game, I guess is the question. Well, no, that all sounds super. I mean, one thing I would suggest, I don't know if like you ever kick off your shoes and go barefoot when you walk. Um, well, let's say you were at a park. Instead of only walking with shoes that actually maybe connecting your feet to the ground more would be something interesting. That, that would be something that like I suggest to all my clients. And I, I don't think you're any different in that sense is that like we, we lose con- connection to our feet and the feeling of our feet when we're often wearing very thick cushioned footwear and our feet are like a sensor that are meant to be connected to the ground or, you know, very close to the ground. So that would be one thing. I mean, another thing that I'm doing as a training thing is I often do crawling. So like learning to crawl or connect to that, like we'll get, you know, these contralateral patterns going, meaning like, you know, the opposite side of the body is working together. And because all four points of, you know, because your your feet, your knees, your hands are all on the ground, you'll have better balance. And so these are some just different things to explore that uh, I would suggest uh, maybe giving a, a look at? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Greg, correct me if I'm, wrong, uh, if I'm wrong, but you said you're located in Montreal, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So tell me, what's the best part about being Canadian or living in Canada, my friend? 
Um, we have four seasons, that's for sure. You know, so a lot of people. That's the truth, isn't it? Yeah, but you know, right now, um, it's getting a little cooler, but the leaves, like maybe not directly in Montreal, but the leaves, like a half hour out of the city, are like absolutely beautiful yellows, oranges, reds. So it's really, really nice. Get to experience winter. So I'm, you know, I do cross country skiing and alpine skiing, and the summers are gorgeous. And there's a there's a fun energy to Montreal as well. Um, so yeah, I, I think just having the access to all season, I mean, I, I would say our winter is a little bit too long and it's minus 20 in January and February. So it's, it's definitely hard to endure at times with having less light during these times of the year. Um, but as if you make the best of the seasons, then like you, you enjoy yourself. So it's a matter of bundling up and having the right equipment and, uh, yeah, that's, I guess my, my answer to that. Yeah. And I'm a big believer in finding your inner center when everything uh, uh, from a life perspective kind of uh, crashes down or caves in on you. I'm a big believer in finding your, your inner center, really connect, reconnecting with your passion and purpose. So when you have 10 minutes to yourself, how do you reconnect with yourself and really recommit yourself to your passion and purpose yeah i think it's a matter of slowing down again like as much as it has well i guess the outsider might sound hippy dippy but i'm getting my feet on the grass almost every single day and like like this morning and and yesterday morning talking about just reconnection it's like starting a day off slow and just you know, you know, breathing and not having distractions and being in nature is, is really what, what helps me reconnect. I think that's like something that we often lose touch with is that, you know, in a park, yeah, parks are great, but like you still see the streets and there's like mountains in the middle of Montreal, like a, a tiny little mountain that I go to almost, uh, you know, three or four times a week just to kind of recenter and refocus. So I think uh, nature is always the healer for me. Yeah, absolutely. And Greg, my final question for you this morning has to do with your own personal and professional legacy, my friend, and how you want your legacy to be defined. You know, I, that's a very good question because I've been thinking, you know, my, my father often thinks about that, like, how do you want to be remembered? And I, I, I think, you know, I heard this author, Naval Ravikant, talking about this. And in all honesty, the reality is that none of us are going to be remembered. And that what that makes me do is think more presently because if I'm always thinking, yeah, like for sure, um, you know, I want to abide by certain principles where, you know, I, I'm always true to myself and I'm always present. And I think that's the most important thing. Um, I think that oftentimes we're living a life where we think you know, we're, we're presenting an outward projection of who we think we want others to perceive us to be. But if we're just more true to ourselves and our inner nature, that's kind of like, I don't think too much past that. And I think that like, as human beings, you know, we often are afraid of our own mortality. And I think that that causes us to, you know, want to think about a legacy. And of course, you know, I, I don't have any children yet, but for sure, I'm going to want to impart lessons and and be remembered by my children and my grandchildren. But then, you know, beyond that, what happens? Like, you know, I I don't know who my great grandfather was and great great grandfather. So, life is finite, and so it's important to be present. 
Yeah, absolutely. And finally, Greg, tell me if people want to get connected with you and the good work that you do from at from the ground up. What's the best way they can do that, my friend? Yeah. So um, I. I'm very active on social media, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram at Ground Up Physio. So it's Ground Up and then Physio is P-H-Y-S-I-O. I also have a movement program that's available online that teaches the exact same exercise that I'm teaching to my clients here on a daily basis that help people with years and years of chronic pain who've claimed to have tried everything. And I'm helping them get out of pain with this same system that I've packaged into an online program that people could do in the comfort of their own home. So if people are interested in a guided approach that's simple to do, but is really going to teach your whole body to work in unison, I would definitely encourage them to check it out. And you could find that if you, you know, you go to Instagram and you go to my, the, the link in the bio, you'll, you'll find that available. So it's ground up physio and definitely encourage people to reach out. If people are also looking for one-on-one help, I do zoom as well. So, um, I'm, I'm certainly happy to answer any questions that people might have. Well, Greg, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm delighted that you agreed to engage in conversation with me today. I want to commend you for the good work that you do to keep people active, healthy, and moving. My friend, your work in the space of physical fitness and physio is most appreciated, and I want to thank you for engaging in conversation with me today. Well, thanks, Kevin, for having me. I appreciate it, and great questions.